Hey, hey, what's up, Citywide? Uh, it's Mitch. I've got Chad hanging out with me. We are going to talk through um, basically what you saw in the title of this episode. I hope it caught you as a little bit like clickbaity. I love the title of like, hey, let's just assume the contractor's wrong. Let's assume they're giving us some misinformation uh, because it, it ought to catch your attention and make us really think twice about before we go and talk to our client, what it is we're really telling them and whose word we're taking. So, uh, Chad, you are here today, first time recording. How you feeling? Scared. <laughs> that's, that's about as authentic as I can get. And you know what? Uh, this is not planned, but I got to say, uh, the goal of these podcasts has been to like chill out, calm down, relax. And that intro is probably spot on. That is what I'm looking for. I couldn't think of a better person to record with. Uh, sorry, Megan. Um, all right. So, Chad, you ever been burned by a contractor telling you something that you believe too much in? Yeah. Enough that it obviously made you giggle. I mean, like in many different situations, I assume, huh? Yeah, from every, from uh, getting information from them, uh, getting quotes, all that kind of stuff. It hits on all pages. Yeah, I'm sure it'll it'll mark on all cylinders. I mean, this podcast, this episode will absolutely resonate with veterans, and hopefully, it'll open up the eyes of the newbies that don't even. This is the classic, like you don't know what you don't know. And um, I was just telling Megan uh, yesterday, some days, this is not about my ego, but some days I truly feel like I have a crystal ball because I hear one of you say something and I'm like, oh, I know where this is going. Um, And and this is often the root of it is I've been burned so many times by contractors. So uh, you ready to jump into it? Yeah, let's go. Oh, actually, you know what? Two things. We're gonna talk about quotes. You mentioned quotes that contractors give you, pricing, whatever it may be. We're also gonna talk about like things that cleaners say they did or say they didn't do. And that's the more fun part, so we'll get to that on the back end. But on the front end, let's jump in with like quotes and and things along those lines. So uh, out the gates, um, we're gonna start with, not janitorial quotes, but maybe like painting quotes or pricing situations. Um, When possible, Chad, you wanna set the price to the contractor, right? Like you wanna go to them with, here's how much I want to pay. Why does that typically work out in our favor? Uh, mainly because we set the pricing and keep our pricing competitive. Um, if we were to let them do it, they're probably going to push it up and then um, put us out of, once we add margin on, it's going to put us out of the competitive circle. Um, so it keeps us in that area where we can pretty much set the price and then really have them do the work for what we say. We didn't plan for this, but where, where, what are some of the things that we sell that we set the price on and we always know we're going to be market competitive? Uh, stripping wax, acid grout, carpets. Those are the three main, I would say. Pressure washing. Pressure washing. We, we met, so then there's the hybrids, like pressure washing is a hybrid. I was just working through a pressure washing quote for, um, a former client actually, Dodger Burnsville, and I'll go out and price it to the best of my ability. And then I maybe snap some pictures and walk through it with the contractor to say, here's what I want to pay you. What's remarkable is the difference in pricing control that I get is so, so, so strong. But you're dead on. We have to be able to control price whenever possible. Same with snow removal. I don't own a snow plow. Literally, I don't even have a four-wheeler with a, with a plow on it. Rhino does. Um, but uh, <laughs> he's got a big driveway. But I, like, we just know if we try and control the price, the contractor's at least going into it thinking that way. So um, it helps us remain competitive. Um, it helps us stay kind of where we need to be. So And the... The things that you rattle off are the things we tend to be best at. So here's how this aligns with like our janitorial system. We know we're the pricing experts, right? Like Tyler knows, the sales team knows that if we quote any cleaning in an industry we're familiar with, like maybe shy of like food production, uh, plant cleaning, like 
normal offices, car dealers, whatever, we know, give or take, right? Like our price is going to be about spot on. Mm -hmm. And so we need to try and get that way as much as possible. So uh, in the other NJS world items. So from a cleaning standpoint, I like to give this example. Let's say we take a contractor to a building. You tell them before you even go to the building how much you're going to pay them, right? And it's like, hey, I'm going to pay you a thousand bucks to clean this building three times a week. Now, as they walk through the building, they're thinking, how am I going to get this done three days a week for a thousand bucks? On the flip side, take the same contractor, same building, and you say, hey, give me your best quote. And that best quote, I then want you to take 30% off of it because I need to put it to market value. So give me what your absolute best price is. How do you think that typically would turn out with a janitorial contractor? Uh, high. high. How high? Uh, probably twice what it's going to be. Easily, right? Easily, like, yeah. So if we want to pay 1000 I would say at best we're getting a $1,500 quote. And I mean absolute best we're getting $1,500. Two grand is probably realistic. I've had that scenario play out for $3,000. Actually, I've had the alternate scenario where I told them I can pay you 1000 walk them through the property. They said, oh, I'm not sure if I'm gonna take it. And then I got a text like two hours later, my best offer would be $3,000. And I was like, well, goodbye. Uh, you know, and, and on to the next one. So we've gotta control that pricing to have an idea um, and help put their mindset where it needs to be. Um, okay, so let's try and apply that to NJS whenever we can. Um, and that way, if we need to, when we get a, a NJS project back, uh, we need to be able to look at it as like time and materials whenever necessary. So. Chad, we talked a little bit about painting before we started recording. Let's say you get a quote for 1200 bucks, and the painter says he's gonna paint a couple of offices. We're sitting in one right now, it's a little bit small, but a normal office is like 10 by 10, 12 by 12, somewhere along those lines. You get a quote like that, and it just says 1200 bucks to clean, or to paint two offices. Where's your mind go? What do you say to the contractor? How do you ensure we're actually getting a fair price? Well, the first part is I'm going to go into it thinking, okay, they know what they're talking about and I don't. Uh, but the good part about it is going to be that if they give it a line itemed out, it's going to be able to tell me what they're billing it for. Um, if they just give me a flat rate, I'm going to be looking at it going, okay, where is all this money going? I won't know how much they're charging per hour, uh, what their cost is, if they're including equipment and paint. I mean, if it's if you already set it up that you know paint is going to be provided and they're actually building that into it, that's when you have to know what's in their quote. If they just shoot a number out at you and you blindly take it, now you're kind of putting yourself behind an eight ball in it. Well, I would imagine. I mean, so some painters, and we talked about one before this uh, recording started. Some painters are going to break it down, like you said, mm -hmm. and surely if we get a new painting relationship established, we can set up to the contractor, hey, we want you to break down paint. Uh, itself, the actual raw materials that you're going to use, and then that leftover paint stays on the job site because it belongs to the client. Um, their labor, how long, uh, how much it's going to cost for labor, at a bare minimum, we need that. Um, they may or may not break down how many hours it's going to take them. So let's say, worst case scenario, you just get 1200 bucks, no explanation. You got to ask questions. You already lined that up. You, your next layer might be I get materials and I get total labor dollars. So now I know it's $1,000 worth of labor and $200 worth of paint the next best from there gets deeper, deeper, deeper driven, right? And you were talking about you have a painter that actually gives you hours it's going to take them to do the job? Yeah, and it, well, he did that on uh, part of the quote for ceiling tiles, but it's, I mean, when he gives you that breakdown, you can look at it and be like, okay, it's, you know, 40 bucks an hour. Okay, now if it came in and you're looking at it or you reverse engineer the numbers and you're looking at it like, wait, 150 an hour? It's like, 
okay, mechanics don't get paid that much in your painting. So it's being able to try to figure out, okay, is it a reasonable number or are they just shooting numbers out there and hoping it sticks? Yeah, sometimes I think it's shooting numbers out there and other times I think like, there's like the Kelly Blue Book. You guys can't see me, but I'm air quoting. There's like the Kelly Blue Book of services, right? And like painting might be, generally speaking, $1.25 a foot. Well, that's never meant to be the final answer, right? Like if, if cleaning, if commercial cleaning five nights a week is nine cents a foot or whatever the number is, well, it might be nine cents if you're cleaning a really simple office, but it could be 20 cents if it's a medical clinic or a hospital, you know? And so you gotta like understand the blue book, air quotes again, is literally just a starting point. That's mm-hmm. literally all it is, a starting point. So when you said 40 bucks an hour versus 150 an hour, when I hear 150 an hour, I think carpet truck, running fuel, specialized machine, wear and tear, getting burned out. When I hear painter 150 an hour, I think the van had to drive them there and park. <laughs> it, ne- <laughs> it never stayed running, right? Equipment, let's be real, it's paint rollers. And, and replacement rollers, like we're not talking major stuff here. May, even if they have a sprayer, it's not heavy wear and tear equipment. So you have to kind of get an idea of what's reasonable, what's fair. And that's what it sounds like you're breaking down. Mm-hmm. I had a painter once give me a quote and it just hit me wrong. And um, it was for uh, something like four grand. And I, I just got a flat number, four grand. I broke it down. And what it came down to is the guy wanted like 280 bucks an hour. And I was like, dude, did you become an attorney overnight or are you rolling paint? <laughs> And he said, oh, I'm rolling paint. And when we broke it all down, when it was all said and done, I think I paid him half. I literally think I paid him half of what he wanted. And his answer was something along the lines of, well, it's $1.25 a foot. That's the blue book value. And I was like, well, you ought to check your math. Maybe that's why you're not winning very many paint quotes, bro. And, and on we went. So, um, all right, I think we beat up the paint thing enough and just kind of being aware of roughly what their dollar hour shakes out. Anything else that jumps out at, the, at, you know, at that point, Chad? No, it's just... You, you got to fight for them and figure out with the pricing if it's going to be there and then go with it and hopefully hit it out of the park. Fair enough. Um, all right, so on to the cleaning side. Um, and we, we got to keep this a little bit short. It's easy to just kind of rattle off about stuff that uh, contractors do because there's a lot of silly stuff. Um, on the cleaning side, I, you said in the intro, many, many things have happened where contractors have said they did something that they didn't do or they said they didn't do something uh, that they actually did do. How has that bit you in your career? A lot of times. I mean, that's why I put uh, in here that I, that's why I have trust issues. Um, <laughs> that, uh, that when they say, yeah, we got this taken care of, and they send pictures, and you look at the pictures, and it doesn't seem 100% of what you needed. You send those on to your uh, client, and they shoot back an email saying, hey, this didn't get done. Um, and then, you know, that's the snowball effect right there it just starts rolling and gets you in more and more trouble with it um and then that's i mean when i first started i didn't have a designated ccm so it was kind of blind trusting guys were going to be doing it and jumping out um but once kenny came on and him and i started building relationships with those ic's and then we could find out who we could trust and just get pictures from and once we built that trust with them and could depend on them that's when i felt better but up until that point it was you know scared that when I send an email out that I'm going to get one back yeah. because the crew didn't do their job and then they just sent pictures of something. I don't know what. You know what's funny is a picture tells a thousand words as a saying, but it doesn't mean it tells the whole story. And so what you're telling me is you got pictures that conveniently took care of some of what you wanted, but not all of it. And what's funny is the all of it they didn't do is usually the hardest part. And so you're left in a pinch. Second thing that comes to mind is 
Uh, I promise Chad's comments weren't to like pick on any other night manager or any other CCM. It's just because he didn't know all these contractors in all these different areas and these night managers and CCMs have split loyalty to whoever their normal FSM is in their normal territory. Chad just didn't know what he was dealing with yet. And once you knew Kenny, you knew what you were going to get from Kenny every time because he was the same guy versus five different people. So I think that's a good example. Um, so I'll tell you this, one more example. I can't tell you how many times I've heard from a contractor, hey Mitch, it's impossible to clean this building. We spend way too much time cleaning here. And then what I end up finding out is they're spending an hour a night cleaning when we estimated the account at four hours. And like, I don't expect them to be there four entire hours. I'm realistic, but one hour versus four hours is a stark contrast. So um, we got to think to ourselves from the client side, what's the client receiving? And you know, how do we represent them as best as possible? So uh, one hour versus four hours or something like that. Ever been there, Chad? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. So Megan has her what, new tracks or whatever? Her new tracks moment. Uh, I have my MTG moment um, that the crew said they were spending too much time on the cleaning. I had a lot of head trash with the contact. Um, we had- Wonderful contact. She was, she was super. Um, winner. <laughs> that uh, she had, I, I got, had blinders on because of the problem we had with stocking the restrooms. And that, that ate up all my attention um, to the point where I wasn't realizing other things that we were missing. The crew said that they were spending too much time. Uh, I had Gary on site really just to make sure that the cupboards in the restrooms matched the picture that she provided and stapled to the inside of the cupboard. I wasn't uh, keeping an eye on the dusting. Uh, and then you and Megan went in and I got a, a choice voicemail back to me about what was missed. Hold on, and hold on. You, you made it sound like it was bad. No, okay, all we did was hold you accountable to your results. Uh, yeah. But yes, that was, uh, that, I mean, that is a classic account where Chad was telling me or an FSM is telling me, hey, uh, this customer's crazy, the building's immaculate, she's so focused on the stupid toilet paper thing, blah, 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 blah. I didn't get through the front door and I was upset, right? Like it was probably like June and there was still salt on the floor and the front glass hadn't been clean in a month and I could see the windowsills had an inch of dust and then it just carried on and on and on. But you're right, we had the right toilet paper in the cabinets <laughs> <laughs> in that specific case. So, um, but yeah, you're right. The contractor was spending an hour, we're supposed to be sending four. Um, you know, that's the moral story. We run into that a lot. All right, any other random thoughts that come to mind on this general subject or are you good? No, it's Pretty much it, I think. Cool, well I think that does it. Uh, moral story, when it comes to NJS, set the market pricing whenever you can. Challenge the quotes that you receive. Don't just take them at face value and think about it from your client's perspective. And quite honestly, if you were buying the service for home, wouldn't you be at least a little bit curious about how that pricing was broken down and how it's gonna hit your pocketbook? Um, and then work with your contractor to help uh, game plan how to future quote to make sure it goes smoothly. So um, you want to put citywide yourself in the best spot possible. Thank you all for listening. Have a great day. We'll catch you later.